one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm slightly nervous. Why is that? Because I've got a wrestle talk get better for you. <gasps> what? Well, from, a personal one. From moi. So, like I said yesterday, I'm back in the uh, back in the game after having a, a mental no compete clause yep. from the old studio. We're in the new studio. I feel like I can start doing things again in my in my home and personal life, mm-hmm. as opposed to just work, work, work. And one of these things is uh, going back to the gym and stuff. So we've moved to the new studio. I tried out a new gym on Monday. It was rubbish. It was just a corridor of uh, treadmills. Mm -hmm. So I found this other one. I get in touch with them, and I'm like, you know, what can I come along for a a whatever? Because it says get in touch. They don't just let you come along. And that they got back, and they were like, yeah, sure. Actually, we've got a ten day free challenge which includes two personal training sessions and three classes showcasing like their whole thing. And it's starting like that this week. That only has up to five, though. Well, yeah, but it's ten, it's ten days of them being free. Right. So but, you spread out those five things across ten days. Yeah, so once every two days. I'm going to want to... Yeah, I mean, you could work out every day, but... Yeah. Well, you need, you need recovery, man. Uh, so... So yes, so that this this happens, and I'm like, oh, my buddy Luke might be interested in what as well. Mm-hmm. So I got got in touch about my buddy Luke, and then I'm recounting this this email to because I I said, with your permission, because I had to give like you know I I did go to the gym a fair bit, but then I had a three month break, but I'm, I'm training for a marathon in April, mm-hmm. and I thought I better give some background on Luke. I said, well, you you, you said you're you're a beginner. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I can spell Jim. If I if I saw one, I'd know what it is. So I say that I said Luke's more of a beginner, and uh, he they got back to me and said, "Thank you for getting back to me. It would be great to have you and Luke on board. Beginners are more than welcome. We have clients ranging from first timers, NHS nurses, right through to athletes." What's Thank- the difference between a first timer and an NHS nurse? 
I don't know. <laughs> That's a really weird thing. First timers, nurses. Maybe he was writing the email, looked around like, what else do we have? Oh, there's an <laughs> NHS nurse right there. NHS nurses, lamps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we only have one smark in our community, which happens to be me. And I tell my girlfriend this. Oh, and, and as soon as, I, as soon as I said smark, I was like, wait a second. Do you know what smark is, Anna? And she went, only because of you. I've never heard that used anywhere else before. And I was thinking, smart mark. No, that's only a wrestling thing. Yeah. He knows who you are. And because you only assume you've sent it from your Wrestle Talk email. No, as it's well. my personal one, but I think that still has, it still has the Wrestle Talk yep. stamp. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm going at four o'clock today. Yeah, it's funny as well. So like last night I was playing Dungeons and Dragons, and you sent me a, a text message with like the times that are this guy is available for like a consultancy thing, mm. and as and this is so funny. This is so typical of me, really. You said to me yesterday, would you like to do this? And I went, yeah, that sounds like it's a good idea. It would be good to go down and see what the gym is like. Maybe it would be part of rest talk, get better. I'm well up for this. As soon as you sent me that text with timings, I was like, not doing it. Oh, really? I, I, just, I was like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm, I, that, that's, it's too much admin. And now I'm, sort of, now I'm backing out of it. It's round the corner. I know. But as soon as I saw timings, I was like, it's too much admin. Ah, oh, come on. Well, what, Look at all those uh, times. Yeah, I know. Well, one of them is that I haven't got my gym gear today. Well, you can do tomorrow. I don't want to do to tomorrow. Six it's or five six o'clock, to mate. We're finishing at four. I'm not hanging around for an extra hour just to go down to the what gym. What do you think our working days are? Nine to five. You said we. You said you want to finish at four. When we do Raw and SmackDown in the mornings. Oh, okay. Well, I've got to get forward oh to the next day. How many <laughs> times do I have to tell you the new working hours? Yeah, probably one more time. And actually, I've got to get up and watch NXT tomorrow, so I've, I've still got to get up early and watch shows and take notes. You can watch that in-house. Matey. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, yeah. You don't want to do it. No, I, I probably do. But it's just like, it, as soon as I've seen timing, I'm, I'm less interested. But and I'm, and I, I can't do those ones tomorrow. So uh, I'll have to say. Can you definitely not do them? Well, I've got to go. Not want to no, I've got to go home and do some housework as well. Because now oh, I've got your drill bits. Be... I've got to go and like put up a shelf. There's no, there's no. You can have the drill bits for a bit longer if that means you can start to get better. But I'm not around this weekend, and I want to get them done soon because we've got a, we've got a deadline of when we want to have the house done and it's like the end of november so we're like it's a it's a good crunch i've got to try and maximize my hours i think the rest of the swaf nation should be the judge on whether luke is worming out of this. <laughs> i mean it's not much of a debate i am very much gonna worm my way out of this um before what if i come in tomorrow and i'm jacked baby <laughs> like it's out of nowhere I'm, i look like scott steiner with my head well, would you I mean, go, maybe be, I'll go along. No, it'd be terrifying. Also, I would never want to look like that. How weird would it look if I looked a bit like, if I looked even slightly in shape, I think I would look weird. Like, I've got a body type. I've got a pudgy dad no. bod body type that very much suits me. I think if I started to look jacked, I would just look weird. Think of all the the SWAF Nation members who probably once thought that and then embarked on their own journeys of getting fitter or whatever. I also have the worry that uh, my wife will start to find me less attractive if I started to get a little bit fit and in shape. I mean, I don't think you should... Generally, 
fitter people are more attractive. Oh, that's a terrible statement. I can't believe you said that on a public podcast. Why does it? I mean, but everyone knows it. What? Oh, that is a terrible thing to say, Ollie Davis. You should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> of body shaming people like that. Why does everyone want to get fit then? <laughs> that's what all advertisements are based on. Yeah, I know. And isn't that terrible? Isn't that an awful <laughs> world we live in where they're so focused on body image Generally. and shaming people? Shaming people. You what, will not what is... find a, a bigger fan of the fuller woman than I. <laughs> what is wrong with just being healthy? No, it's all about getting jacked, man. But what do you think fit means? Fit means healthy. I know, but you're talking about Doesn't getting. Mean... You talk about walking in and being jacked. As a joke. Well, I mean, do you it's... really think I want to? I don't look think like it came across as a joke. I don't think it came across as a joke. I think you're just body shaming look, I... all those people that have been emailing us, and you're just body shaming every single one of I them. I want to get to the Scott Steiner level, and then I can come <laughs> back a bit. You like you know? You, I just I just want to get that to that point, and then I can ease off. When you see uh, newspapers talking about body shaming adverts, you're on the side of the adverts. You're on the side of the corporations, going like, yeah. Beach body is a thing, and we should all be it. The SWAF nation knows that Luke <laughs> is, sh- is is throwing smoke over him worming out of this. <laughs> because you said some terrible things. Uh, would you like an Agony Art update? Sure. Um, and they have given permission to say out their first name, Ooh. Adam. So, hiya Luke and Ollie. Remember me? I'm the guy who was worried about his A-levels and was thinking about becoming a wrestler. Well, my worries oh, were yeah. correct and I only got a D in maths. I think we've already done this email as well because Google has once again put an email back into my inbox it after I deleted that. it. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's like, you want to follow this up? Bloop. And then yeah. it puts it right to the top. Oh, I think you can disable that. I'm, I may have to. Well, that's annoying because now I had that set up to read out. I was like, that's <laughs> a really lovely short agony ad. And the first thing it said was, remember me. And I was like, oh, brilliant. We can read this one out then. I, I don't remember what happened. Uh, I believe he, he did okay and he got into his uh, college. Oh, he just said he got a D though. Man. Yeah, I know. But even though he got oh, that, okay. he, was, he, he was able to get in and everything Top was stuff. fine. I do have another agony ass well request though. This one does come from Vacant. Hi, Luke and Ollie. I'd like to stay anonymous. I've just joined high school recently after getting a schedule change. I walked into a class and there was this girl. Insert generic, she's cute and I'm crushing on her stuff. I have... I bet she's fit. I (laughs) I have one friend who knows about this and we're kind of... Oh, hello. I have one friend about this and we're kind of stalking her. And they have put this in quotation marks. I just need to know what to do. First things first, don't stalk her. Uh, Before you answer this, I'd like to know that I don't think what I've done is wrong. Hmm. Anyways, I don't think I can take a no, but I don't want to wait any longer to talk about this. P.S. She doesn't know me very well. We just kind of talk about homework, etc. Please, guys, please spell PLZ. Help, guys. Ask Laurie if he can too. Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Okay, so so the problem here is... This chap, Adam. No, not Adam. No, this, the last this is anonymous, one. yeah. A vacant fancies a girl in their class. Mm-hmm. and They started stalking them. Yeah, hopefully stalking's used in the looser, jokier sense rather than uh, I'm ringing her up at Or just going through, their, going through her Facebook profile and looking at all the images, hoping that you don't accidentally like one of them yeah. and show your hand. Or, uh, or, or Samoa Joe style, <laughs> turning up at the house. Daddy's home. Ooh, Andy! <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, well, it, it, the best advice is to, is, is to like talk to her and try and be more friendly with her without getting friend-zoned. It's difficult. You haven't given us much to go on there. I wouldn't stalk her, though. I would try and be, you know, like how 
a normal person would have. Yeah, and, and I don't like this term. I don't want to wait too long to talk about this. Like, that makes it sound like you want to very much get into a relationship with her right away. Yeah. Let's just, you know, let's take time. Let's not try and just jump headfirst into these sorts of things. You said she doesn't know you, so by extension, you don't really know her either. So yeah. maybe she's, you know, it's not all about how someone looks. You, you've got to have a more connection on a personality level absolutely and i did ask laurie about this as well and his advice was if you are going to use the word please spell it correctly don't use plz <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for your email regardless i like as well you know they've got the new version of gmail it's giving you some options of how to reply like an automatic reply thing uh, one of them is got it the other one is i agree with you and the third option is i'm so proud of you ah <laughs> Well, we are going to be talking about the Aiden English, Rusev and Lana segment from last night's Smackdown Live to kick off this show. And then we've got the full review, including that terrific Becky Lynch versus Charlotte match. Here is the show. For the meantime, Rusev and Lana's latest chapter in One Night in Milwaukee. You say it's the latest chapter, but I mean, really, this was the final chapter in the One Night in Milwaukee saga. I guess so. Yep, in, but in, as a as a book of the larger Rusev Day feud, yes. written by the authors of Pain, they write all the the mm-hmm. grand epics of WWE continuity. I mean, if, you, if you're going to go to anyone, that's who you would go oh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Published authors, and this would this is like one chapter, I suppose, the one night in Milwaukee chapter. Yeah, and then the next chapter will be when they actually have a match. Yeah, but it's it's a question of when that's going to happen because I've, I've mm. got to be honest, I. I'm slightly disappointed One Night in Milwaukee is over because I was really enjoying it for the last few weeks and I felt like there was more that could have been milked from this video considering that like I suppose the next opportunity for them to have like a match that's on a like a big grand scale because you don't want to you can't just do this on a random episode of Smackdown so you could do a match next week but they haven't announced one and they're probably not going to have a match at Crown Jewel which means that the next time you can really have an opportunity for them to have like a match on a pay-per-view, even if it's on the pre-show, is Survivor Series, which is the end of November. It's weird because you, you know you've got the World Cup qualifiers for Crown Jewel. Rusev, he's he's a he's a nationality character. Problem is that he wasn't popular in two thousand five, so he's not allowed to be part uh, of the you, tournament. You can just say he was. <laughs> like, yeah, don't you remember Rusev, the big Bulgarian guy? Yeah, and then like you could also just say. He's English, and 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 make Aiden do an English accent yeah, for a bit, saying, yeah. and, and he could represent mm-hmm. our British Isles. Absolutely, yeah. So it it just seems it seems weird to kind of like pull the plug on this so soon into it, especially because like you remember when Aiden English a couple of weeks ago did like you remember that one night in Milwaukee, and everyone was like, oh, what is this one night? And then last week he showed the video clip, and I was like. Oh wow! You and I were like, I loved it. Yeah, you know, we both loved re- that soap opera stuff. Really enjoyed it. And then this week it was like, and, and that's over. It- so you you would have wanted like maybe a few w- weeks of clips of English in negotiations with TMZ and yes, sites like absolutely. that. And you could have. Uh, where was any scene of Lana trying to plead with Rusev that there's more to the tape? There's mm. more to this than meets the eye. Like all of that drama was just squandered and just gone. Because essentially, Aiden English came out to show the director's cut of One Night in Milwaukee, which had more footage than we'd previously seen. Yes. And he started airing it, and it was the same one we saw last week. However, Lana finished her sentence when she said, I want you, and it was like dot, 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 to know how important you are to Rusev, and he loves the way you sing his, th- you know, his theme songs. And it was like, oh, that's quite a nice, sweet moment. And then 
Aiden English steps forward and he puts his arm or he puts his hand onto Lana's arm in quite a provocative manner. Yeah, he angles himself. Yep, and then the tape cuts again and you're like, oh, brilliant, that's even more intrigue. Let's like, let's spray this out a little bit further. And then no, Lana, Lana and Rusev came out and were like, we hacked your phone, we've got the whole tape, here's the whole tape. And Lana was like, nope. And she walks out of the room. And that's yeah. it. And, like, and that's the whole thing gone, squandered. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate but it But you're either. right, it left a lot on the table. Yeah. Also the whole, uh, you know, the... We, we easily hacked into your phone. I was just like, what, since when? Did I, she said the password was iHeartRusev, so it doesn't seem like Aiden English is bad up on internet security. But that's not exactly like... But it, yeah, it doesn't explain things. And also, that's not really like... That wouldn't be the first password I'd have tried. iHeartRusev... It'd been like English is the best. Yeah, Rusev Day. Aiden number one. Yeah, like yeah. If, if the password was Rusev Day, then I would have completely bought that. But I heart Rusev is not the. I could have had capital letters. Could have had numbers in there. Yeah, that's a special character. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's a lazy payoff. That, yeah. that a lazy way to find like to give Lana and Rusev a way to reveal the truth. And there's a real. But shame she is Russian. <laughs> well, is, is what I thought but is she that's the question ah. um, so I mean there was particularly I thought there was a moment in this that really you could have extended out further just I, I feel like I'm sort of flogging a dead horse at this point in my, in my point but there was a moment when Aiden said look I'm going to destroy the tape I, yeah. I, we don't have to watch all of this because I, you know, I love you you're my friend I don't want to show you this no one really wants to see this video all I'm asking you to do is kick Lana to the curb come back We'll reform Rusev Day, the, what the crowd absolutely want. The crowd starts chanting Rusev Day. And there's a moment when Rusev almost starts walking towards Aiden. He sort of turns to look at Lana. And I'm like, this is great. Like, let's... And then, nope, it's just, it's done. And it's over. Yeah. And we now know that Aiden was lying, even though we all knew that all along. And Rusev charges down and chases him away. I, I don't know. It, I, it was good. And I thought the payoff was sort of good. It just feels a bit anticlimactic because it came so soon. I don't think WWE was ever going to make this not anticlimactic. Because it was so, oh, like, there was so much... There was, I, mean, I think that's a, I, but I think they really were pacing this quite well. Yeah, but and they, like, were ne they never had a good reveal to this. I'm just basing this on all of WWE's storylines like this from the last decade. Yeah. It was either this or Jason Jordan was going to turn out to be someone's <laughs> son. <laughs> I uh, I agree with you. The potential was lost, but I I do really like how this plays into Aiden's character, and I hope they they capitalise on that part of the storyline at least. And that's you've got this really nice beat where Aiden, his best friend Rusev, he makes a play at his wife, and that is kind of I I mean in my head that's what's fueled his heel turn on Rusev mm. that he was rejected and he felt humiliated, and maybe this has been bubbling from a couple of months ago. And then you start to think, well, why didn't Lana tell Rusev about this? And you're like, well, you know, because Lana doesn't want to break up these two best buddies. Maybe it was just an innocent oh, but mistake. she did want to break them up, though. Not in the last couple of... Yeah, that was her whole thing. As soon as she came back and had the ha happy Lana day but that was that was dropped. Oh, yeah, well, yes. The, but in so my the continuity-wise, it makes no sense. So maybe that's when this did happen. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to make this into a better story. Yeah. I thought it ended in a killer line, though. Oh, this line which was, was... This was line of the night. So they, you know, they, they play the full tape, and English has been exposed, and he says, well, you know, it's uh, that the offer's still on the table, and if you ever get bored of Rusev days, 
come have some Aiden Knights. Great line. And then he runs out of there when Rusev goes for him. That was a killer line. Really great. I mean, it's turned, it's shifted gears. I understand a bit too early for our tastes, Mm. but it's shifted gears now from this soap opera fun into blood feud fighting over a a man's wife. Yes. Although, interestingly, um, I say interestingly, that's a strong word, uh, there was a WWE.com exclusive video, and the only reason I know this is because it was shared on uh, our Discord server, come chit-chat with us, links in the video description below, um, that Lana has found a new best friend backstage in Carmella of course she has and it was seeming like they were like in the other in the locker room area it was also with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville and the Iconics and it almost felt like I mean I haven't watched the video I only looked at the thumbnail and someone said they found a new friend it almost feels like they were setting up Lana and Carmella as another new tag team on Smackdown it feels like from this video I haven't watched that and this is where they're going. And what I've been told about the video okay, is that okay. they, they are now, like, the best of friends. Well, that, you know, that makes sense if the tag team That's what I division mean. is on the table still. Uh, yeah. That, that guy who makes belts he said, said that yep. they's, they've made belts for it. And it was, like, what he said as well is that these belts are going to be defended across SmackDown Raw NXT and NXT UK. It's pretty so, cool. Which is, I think that's really cool. I'm, I'm really, really behind that idea. But to me, that says the Bellas are winning it then. Because <laughs> Brie is the only dual brand uh, character, performer, apart from John Cena. Yeah, and um, Rey Mysterio perhaps as well, because apparently there's, there hasn't been a decision made on which brand he's going mm. to. He is wrestling on SmackDown next week, but there isn't a defined brand for him to go to yet. <laughs> Wrestle Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November 13th, 2018 for a live podcast recording along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, it it just seems to me that, that, that it's pretty logical that you should be puke. Ollie El Fakador and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your cues and RAs. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat, no, no, no. This will be a wrestler-long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chance. He's got a puke! He's got a puke! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler-long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Gave up Wall Street for Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just before we get into the full review, we have the results of yesterday's poll. Yes, we did. Yes, a, we, we actually did a remembered to put the poll in as well, and I remembered because I was going through getting the timestamps, and I just heard a glimpse, of, like a glimpse of us saying we should remember to put a poll in, and I was I, like, "Oh yeah, the poll!" I think we should make this a more regular thing. Yeah. We, well, I, on, in the news, we call it the Wrestle Talk question on a poll match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday's question on a poll match was which Kurt Angle is better, Gold Gimp Kurt from yesterday's episode of Raw or Monday's rather. Or Shield Dad Kurt when he briefly joined the Shield at last year's TLC. My he fa- won a competition. My favourite image of that was when um, sorry, you got one of your uh, hair stuck on your beard. There. Um, one of my favourite images of that was you know when uh, Triple H was part of the Shield for that one house show they did in the UK. Yep. And it was like he was in Field Shield getup as well, and they posted the two images side by side, and it was like ste- like Dad versus Stepdad. <laughs> Uh, so, of the over a thousand of you voted, thanks, guys, and eighty-four percent went for Gold Gimp Kurt. Well, I mean that makes sense, yeah, really, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely, much sexier. Conquistador Kurt was much sexier than Shield Dad Kurt. He very disturbingly shared on Instagram. <laughs> Have you seen this? I saw this. Uh, yeah, that he said that he's taken the the Gold Gimp suit home for some fun times with his wifey. Hmm. I mean, I don't like the term wifey. That makes me feel a that's, bit... That's what's got you a little bit uncomfortable That, that made there. me feel a bit queasy. It's that the, he then posted a picture of just his face in it, looking like an F-boy, and then he's got, then he's got the, the suit laid out on the bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's an Olympic gold medalist. Yep. Maybe, maybe the... he feels at home with the gold! <laughs> I love gold! Oh, I love gold so much! Yeah, but don't call, don't call uh, your wife your wifey. It's, uh, it's a bit gross. You're my work wifey. You know, I'm your work wife. Okay. Let's just like it's, get that out there now. I do not like the term wifey. All right, wifey. Same as I don't like the term hubby. Uh, so, uh, 
We will think <laughs> of another question. It will come to us yeah, while we we'll, do we'll this. We'll figure it out. So look out for it. But this show kicked off right away with the SmackDown Women's Championship rematch between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair with the added stipulation that if Becky gets DQ'd, she will lose the title. When I say right away, Becky Lynch's music was playing while both of them were in the ring. It literally was like Todd Phillips comes on and was like, everyone at SmackDown Live, and they were in the ring and they were like, ding, 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 let's start this match. So it really was like, and this took up then the next 25, 30 minutes of TV time and it was terrific. I loved it. I loved this all really of this. And usually I'm not a fan of having rematches a couple of days after your pay-per-view match. Like, okay. But you know, to be honest, over the last couple of days, WWE has delivered on it. All the Raw rematches were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got for the Rousey Bella's heel turn, if, if nothing else for that one. And the, and the main event was terrific yesterday. And Brie Bella using her telekinesis. Yes, uh, special powers. But this one, I thought this was the best of the bunch. Becky Lynch and Charlotte, that with that stipulation that actually logically ties into the last one. And the story of the match was so good. It was based around Charlotte obviously going for the arm. Charlotte going for the leg, sorry, for, to set up the figure eight later on. And Becky going for the arm to set up the disarmor. A very submission-based strategy from both people. Yep. And that, that they've done this story before, but I do not get tired of it because I love submission-based wrestling. And then it gets to the same point where Becky walks out. She takes the the title with her. She teases using the title. The referee stops her because, you know, the no DQ stipulation. And then there's this amazing sequence of near countouts. Yeah, it was really, really smart. Yeah. It was really nice. <laughs> and it was what I liked about this as well is that it was really setting up this idea that Charlotte had the match won on several occasions. But Becky was always smart enough to roll to the outside and kind of like re like regroup and I'm not getting pinned here, I'm gonna to roll to the outside. And that's what then set up the pair of them getting counted out right at the end, which you know might seem like a bit of a lame finish, but it sets up the match they're gonna have for its evolution. Both neither girl really loses. That, that's absolutely fine. And then you had the killer angle at the end of it. Well, I thought so this this sequence of near countouts was so good where like Charlotte gets hit by a Bexploder suplex outside. She almost makes it in at nine, but Becky runs out and they brawl. Charlotte hits her. That I thought, oh, they're doing all these almost fake finishes. So when they do a real finish, it's going to be amazing. Mm. Like a real finish inside the ring, I mean. Like I didn't think the way they were setting it up, I thought it was too obvious to do a count out. Yeah, that's fair. And then when they did the count out, I was like, I mean, it isn't a pay-per-view, but this was such a good match. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. But the angle afterwards was so good that it more than made up for it. And this is this is like a beautiful example of a TV installment of a wrestling feud. You know, it delivers on the it delivers on the wrestling side, and you smartly book around the the lack of a proper finish to protect both ladies or men, human beings, wrestlers, sports entertainers. And you, you keep that pot bubbling for a, another a rematch. And that's, yeah. You know, you always want to be building to make people want to see something else. And the angle was Becky's walking away, Charlotte's flopping around everywhere, and she runs up the ramp and spears Becky through the LED screen right at the top of the stage. It looked terrific. It couldn't, it couldn't have looked more perfect. Yeah. 
It was like Chris Jericho versus Rhino at a SummerSlam 2001. It might not be SummerSlam. It might have been the pay-per-view afterwards. <laughs> but either way, there was like Rhino like gored Chris Jericho through the, the SmackDown sign. It was really, really yeah. awesome. That's what this felt like as well. And it, it really did like collapse perfectly like it was set up to do so. And it would just look... I know, Whoa. right? But it looked really cool and they really played this up. And it looks like Charlotte's got her hand caught because I was re-watching again while mm. getting images for the review and it took her a long time to get out and when she came up she had blood all down her was arm was it blood? yeah it was blood in fact all the images on the uh, the website are all in black, black and white. white wow Yeah. because I thought her I ran down Charlotte's selling of her arm was awesome <laughs> because she's like screaming yeah. she's like ah uh, and it looked like you know it looked like the way she was holding it Looked like she'd broken her arm. Yeah. Um, but if that's a real injury. Yeah, that's why they were talking about she's cleared to wrestle for Mixed Match Challenge later on. She did wrestle, uh, she team with AJ Styles to face someone, another mm. team. Uh, I don't know what that team was. Yeah, I was a bit down on that. I thought, you know, just, y- y- you've been given something here. Just have a one-week replacement. No one's going to be like, oh, I've really been cheated out of that Mixed Match <laughs> Challenge match. God, I was looking forward to that. I really follow that. And take it seriously. Mm-hmm. She, you can follow it fine, but what's the point of, <laughs> of caring about any results or who wrestles? Yeah. So, like, if something like that happens, just take advantage of it. Say, we've had to pull her yeah. from, from this and replace her with this person. And that only fuels the Lynch and Charlotte rivalry. But that's a minor nitpick overall. The backstage officials were, like, running immediately in to check on both women. Yeah. Uh, a really good match. With yeah. a smart, spectacular finish. Loved it. And then Paige announced later in the night that it's going to be a last woman standing, the first ever last woman standing match in WWE history at Evolution. So this is really fun as well because it is. It's the last time they're ever facing each other in a last woman standing, in the first ever last woman standing, <sighs> at the first ever all women's uh, pay-per-view. Yeah, it does become a bit convoluted when <laughs> WWE trying to promote everything as historic. Yeah. Or being a milestone. Oh, Page here. Speaking of which, and I, I like Todd Phillips. I think Todd Phillips is a fine, bland commentator. He says words, and those words carry through a microphone, and you can easily tune them out. It's just, it's white noise. He's like a less offensive Michael Cole. When I'm feeling anxious sometimes, I just I just isolate his commentary, and I put it on, and then I can fall asleep easier. Yeah. Because it just it, it's a din, isn't it? That just Absolutely. That wafts you to sleep. And that's not me throwing shade at Todd Phillips. He's very good at being bland like that's his role his role is not to have a personality and he does that very very well however i took a lot of issue with todd phillips on this show tonight because the how many times did he say it's the world cup tournament is to determine the best in the world he said that sentence probably about ten thousand times and then like we are half an hour into this show he has said jeff hardy samoa joe big show randy orton and the miz are quote the best ever on smackdown live and he said it again later for Rey mysterio it's every single person who had a match oh they're among the best on smackdown live these are among the best ever on smackdown live they're among the greats of smackdown live like well if everyone's among the greats then everyone's just the same yeah but if if you're the saudi prince watching wwe television for the first time in 15 years then you're probably like, wow. Yeah. Do you think that's what all the video packages golden were for? Age. Of course it is. <laughs> like, I loved the video packages. They were great. So throughout the night, they had pretty much everyone who came out for something had a video package. 
And it, it made them feel big time. It gave you an insight into their character. Yeah. It showed their cool move sets. More of that. It gave Loved them it. like, this is a baby face. This is an enigmatic person. This is Samoa Joe. Be scared right away. Like, yes, that was awesome. Yeah. It's just, I wish they would. It was, it was very transparent to me that this was to educate the Saudi crown prince. It's interesting because I never picked up on that because really? I just assumed that the Saudi prince goes to the WWE network and does the filter to no more than 1999. Like he doesn't want to go any further than that um, and, and just watches any pay-per-views mm. that come up. Well, uh, but on the, on the long, that's the official name for the Crown Jewel World Cup. Is the World Cup Crown, is the World Cup at Crown Jewel to determine who is the best in the world? Yeah. Yeah. The WWE at the start. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and really, it does seem like to be who was the best in the world from 2005. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Undertaker is going to be at SmackDown 1000. It's already announced, but it was a video package. Lots of... I thought this was a very interestingly structured show. And they've been doing this for about a month, two months now, where someone will come out and then they'll run a video package, maybe even go to a commercial break, have a backstage skit and then go to the ring mm-hmm. and you're like this wrestler's been standing here for about five minutes but you know what it's like as well because we've been to a taping live when they did Raw earlier this year they just bring all the house lights down yeah. so they actually that wrestler ends up standing there in the dark yeah, it's, a, it's kind of like a dark match with themselves <laughs> or if you're no way Jose they just play it forever and they just keep doing the dark where's he been hopefully not near my television <laughs> I don't stream. Even, I don't. I mean, I don't watch it. So I don't even read what happens. I don't even know if he's been on main events. Mm. And if you're not even able to get on main event, then there's something up, mate. But I, I, uh, I think this is quite a smart way. I wouldn't do it. I would. I would keep it a bit more classical in that you have the the wrestler entrance. You make the wrestler feel special. But I, I, on paper, I recognise that WWE are trying to find a more engaging, fast-paced format for their shows, and to do so they probably figure, ha, people like the start of the entrance, but then there is like a couple of minutes where they're just walking around. So you you set up that as spinning, and then you do a video package, and then you do a backstage skit. I I don't mind it. Hey, man, it's the the Twitter and Instagram uh, generation where, like, as soon as you're bored, you're picking up your phone, you start flicking through, trying to click refresh and stuff. You've got to try and, like, distract them long enough. That they're not yeah. picking up their phones, to, or that they actually want you to go on your on Twitter and like join in the conversation with hashtag whatever the match is. Yeah, they 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 want you to watch this, but they also want you to to look at your phone. Yeah, maybe that's what we need to do for Wrestle Ramble. That's yeah. how we keep engagement up. Is we start a hashtag and ask you to get involved in the conversation. Stop watching us and comment. <laughs> that would actually be very good for the YouTube algorithm. So, although in fairness, I'm almost certain 99% of comments are left before the video is even watched. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's uh, they're our favourite ones. Yeah. Um, then we got Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe, uh, and this we got the video packages, uh, sort of recapping each guy's character. Jeff Hardy was the first one. And he did the usual, the adrenaline coursing through my veins. Uh, is he Triple H? I don't care. Is that your Jeff Hardy voice? Eh, kind of. <laughs> and th- this was where I was like, but Jeff Hardy's been around for ages. Yeah, he's definitely Why winning he getting here. a video package? Oh, that's okay. I was like, well, he's definitely winning here. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. So that's where I started to think, ah, but he was, I guess the Attitude Era he was yeah. a part of, but... Yeah. Not in the mid-90s. Yeah. Um, 
I just thought it was really weird that, like, they've been really building up this idea that, like, Randy Orton beat up Jeff Hardy so badly inside Hell in a Cell we haven't seen him for weeks on end. Who, who knows? You don't have a match with Randy Orton. You see what he did to Jeff Hardy? We haven't seen him forever. And then he was just here, like, absolutely fine. Not really. But they were kind of playing up that there was a bit of a character change for, mm. for Jeff Hardy, um, saying that, like, because he was focusing on Samoa Joe's leg, the leg that had been injured, quote unquote, during the, um, the, the match at Super Showdown with AJ Styles. And he was being almost vicious with the leg and vicious with the tags. And apparently he did a WWE.com uh, interview. Again, I've not watched it because if it's not on TV, I'm not bothered. Um, where he was like, I really enjoyed targeting the leg. Mm. I really enjoyed focusing on that and inflicting that pain. So it's not a heel turn, but he's not the same guy here than the one he, that went inside Hell in a Cell with Randy Orton. Which, Joe, most, likely, which most likely means they're going to become a tag team. Who, Randy and Randy Jeff? And Jeff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll come on to Randy Orton tag teams. <laughs> we'll come on to that. Well, that's not the last time nope. you would have. Uh, that's going to be brought up. So Samoa Joe, they wrestle a. You know, they have a little brief start bit of a match, but then Samoa Joe's knee starts to give way as Jeff works it over. And of course, this is selling the Saturday show of Super Showdown where AJ took out his knee. I love this. Mm -hmm. I love selling injuries that happened. Absolutely. Like, not just three days ago. Sell injuries that happened weeks ago. Yeah. Not just like, ah, uh, we need... Okay, just, we're going to hit you in the ribs a bit on Raw, and then you can sell that at the pay-per-view, and then we won't talk about it again. That's the extent of WWE's selling of injuries these days. So I really appreciated this. I hope that it carries on for a bit. Uh, yeah. And it played in perfectly for the finish, where Joe is sort of walking, his knee gives way, and the referee calls off the match, awards it to Jeff Hardy. What I loved about this, it does kind of protect Joe in the finish. You know, he was injured, quote-unquote, at uh, you know the, the show on Saturday, and Jeff was working over the leg. But what I really loved about Joe's performance here is that the referee calls for the bell, but even after he's called for the bell, Joe is still trying to stand up. He's mm. almost like scrambling to get back into this match and get the referee to reverse the, the bell call so he can carry on the match. I thought it was a really good performance by Joe. I, I really, really liked him here. But it was at this point, I mean, I, I figured that Hardy was winning regardless, but I've suddenly realized, and I should have realized it much sooner, that this World Cup tournament to determine the best in the world is not, it's just, it's there for the Crown Prince's enjoyment. It's not being used to create or elevate a new star or, so I'm, I'm really not asked about it now and I'm really nonplussed and I'm really not bothered. Did you think it was going to be then? Well, if you're going to do a tournament, at least have a purpose for it. Like, I know, I, I get that it's a, a glorified house show and it's being done to appease one person and they're getting, being paid billions or whatever it is to do it. But I thought if you're going to do it, at least have a point to it. But the greatest Royal Rumble happened. I know. Learn from your mistakes. Like, everyone... I know, to you. <laughs> like, what, like, what? I, I, had, I had no, yeah. like, illusions no, that is of anything other than this was just a throwaway one-night thing. Yep. Um, more for me I completely mm. get that but at the same time but like, at least on Raw they've used it to further the storyline between Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin at least in one aspect of it here they used it to further Joe's injury mm, did they? yeah I mean yeah, got over that Joe's injured that didn't need to be part of the tournament though did it? granted I suppose that needed to be part of the tournament either I just it, it, my other issue with that is it took up you know a bit more of the TV time like we're, we're, we're now dedicating TV time to what is as you've just pointed out a pointless tournament with no outcome that we shouldn't be invested in 
it's fa- I mean, but that's WWE TV a lot of the time. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. It's a waste of time. It's fascinating to me that so much of WWE booking, more so now than previously in the year at Greatest Royal Rumble, is being influenced by one guy who hasn't watched wrestling for almost two decades, and this is the Crown Prince. Like, so many of these creative decisions, not business decisions, I guess they're business decisions by proxy, Mm -hmm. but so many of these creative decisions are being influenced by one guy with loads and loads of money. Yeah. It's it's mind-boggling. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. I don't know if it's a, like... Because you could say, well, that's a terrible thing. But then what if he had really good taste? Like, (laughs) what if he said, turn Roman heel, bring CM Punk back. I've got all the money, do it. So, like, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, like, on paper, but it's bad in its execution. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pointless, redundant uh, tournament. But unfortunately, it's, and I think we said this around Greatest Royal Rumble as well. Remember how, like, it just became sort of creatively stifled and it almost felt like the company were like, right, we just got to get this out of the way. And that's now what we sort of feel like we're in again. That's just like, we've just got to get through Crown Jewel and then we can just I'm move past I'm seeing it as the next that. pay-per-view. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, in my head it's the next. But you just said that this tournament is pointless, but we're still building towards it. A like, redu- so it's a redundant piece of television. But so's King of the Ring. Like, any time WWE Yeah, but King of the Ring built to something. King of the Ring, you won, you got a title shot at the end of it. You got to, you were crowned King of the Ring. You, that was, the King of the Ring was designed to elevate new stars, to create new stars. Kurt Angle became WWE champion off the back of winning the uh, the King of the Ring. I would argue that is a very rose-tinted way of looking back at the King of the Ring tournament. It very rarely did that. And very rarely did WWE follow through on it. It, um, So, like, for for me, I think... Triple H, Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Edge. Like, it built stars off the back of it. But, like, not immediately. Like, they didn't... It was just a... It's like that... It's that sort of thing where, in a couple of years, you go, oh, yeah, and they won King of the Ring. Isn't that really... what, what What a big accolade. But, actually, if you go back in the time... They didn't do anything with them for like two, three oh, months. I, I, I disagree no, with that. WWE have a, no good at tournaments. So whenever they put on a tournament, I don't really care about it. And I will this give is the you same the, thing. I will give you that later on in the King of the Ring lifestyle, when they basically just gave up on it and was like, well, this is a pointless I endeavor. I would say in the 90s as well. Oh, no, I, don't, I disagree in the King 90s, Mabel. but certainly... Yeah, but King Mabel, they were looking to make a star out of him. Like, they wanted him to be a star. Mm. It didn't work, and it didn't work with Ken Shamrock when he won it in 99, 98 either. But they intended for him to be a star. I think they intended to do the same thing with Billy Gunn when he won it in 99, but they, didn't, they couldn't follow up on the execution of it. But at least yeah. the intent was there. Later on, when, like, King Barrett won it and Sheamus won it, and the idea was then just like, oh, now you're, you've got a King gimmick. Like you to win that's it, once yeah. you win King of the Ring, you get a crown and you become a king gimmick, and that's when it starts to fall. That's when the, it should it be falls a crown apart. prince. <laughs> well, it should be crown prince of the ring. Abso- well, there you go. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh, yeah. Saudi, <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Arabia. Um, so um, we've got a video package for Randy Orton showing footage from OVW and Evolution that really put over his championship accomplishments. Liked that. Uh, and they announced that Evolution will be at SmackDown 1000 next week. Which will be interesting as well. Which will be interesting. As I said, I'm, I'm looking, I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to handle the Randy Orton situation. Because actually the Randy Orton we saw later in the show did not feel like the Randy Orton we've seen for the last mm. sort of few months on this show. 
Um, but anyway, next up, we got Miz TV with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan um, to build up their match at Crown Jewel uh, for the WWE Championship. This was one of those bits where Miz comes out and the commentators are like, hey, it's Miz. He's going to come down for Miz TV. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan's going to be on. And then they go to break. And then they come back and it's the page segment where she announces Charlotte and Becky. Mm-hmm. And then... Then it goes back to Ms. TV. Yeah. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's a different way of format. Absolutely, yeah. But this was great. I this really enjoyed great. this segment. This was brilliant. And so AJ, uh, so Ms. calls down AJ, and then he does this really, really great sort of half assed introduction to Daniel Bryan. He's like, <laughs> Nearly comes, and then we'll continue Daniel Bryan. It was really <laughs> good. Because Ms. had been told he's got to remain professional throughout this segment. He's been told that he can't get involved physically and he's got to treat these two with respect and treat the segment with respect. But he was going to do that in the Miz style possible, which is to treat it like, you know, I'm being professional here, but I am going to say, I'm going to make a mockery at the same time. But this did lead to Daniel Bryan and AJ just making fun of the Miz at every possible opportunity, calling him the two minute man and things like that. And it was really funny. It was really nice banter between AJ and Bryan to make fun of the Miz. But crucially, it made the title match seem important because they were really building towards mm. that. AJ wants to remain the face of this company, whereas Daniel Bryan was like, I came back because I wanted to follow my dream, but I've never really explained what that dream is. My dream wasn't facing Big Cass. It wasn't reuniting Team Hell, no. It wasn't even fa- not like this. It wasn't facing this jerk, pointing at The Miz. It was to be the WWE champion. And I said this in the review, and I'd be curious if you agree, although I'm not, I mean, I imagine a few people don't, that I think this is the first time in a while that the WWE Championship has felt like the important thing that people want to win. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a a fair point, actually, because so much of AJ and Nakamura was based on Nakamura's heel turn. Low blows. So much of Joe versus AJ was based around Wendy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this yeah, this, this is two guys who believe they are the best at wrestling trying to win the thing that says you're the best in wrestling without shenanigans. Thumbs up to yes. all of that. Lovely, lovely stuff. And I must say, Brian's performance here was incredible. So good. He is he is so sincere. And I think it's because he is being sincere. He's a, He can't lie, this yeah. guy. So everything he says feels genuine. That's part of the reason everyone feels so emotionally connected to mm-hmm. him. And he is an expert at putting over the opponent, but saying he's better than them. That, like, I love this Chris Jericho lesson in one of his books where he said that like, one of the first promos he ever cut was calling out this wrestler for him being rubbish, like, you can't wrestle and I'm going to beat you. And then he walked away and thought, wait a second, if I beat him then, then I haven't proved anything to anyone because this guy's a rubbish wrestler. And if he beats me... I'm worse than that guy. Yeah. So the idea is, even if you're a heel, always put over your opponent, mm-hmm. but just say you're better than them. Yeah. Like you don't want to make your the, the guy you're facing seem like a, a goof. I think the classic example of that is um, Triple H Cactus Jack in the lead up to Royal Rumble 2000. All of Triple H's promos were just like, "You are the most dangerous man in the ring. You are an you know always at every opportunity was just like you're this, you're that, you're that, you're absolutely amazing. But I am going to beat you." I'm going to be better than you, and I'm going to win. And that was the last time Triple H ever said anything <laughs> nice about Mick Foley. Uh, so, but yes, I, and Brian had those great lines. You know, do you want to talk about our match, Miz? 
won't take long. Yep, lovely uh, stuff. And AJ's stuff is stilted. Like, usually you don't notice it, but he was in there with The Miz and Brian, who were spectacular on the mic. Absolutely, yeah. But then Miz got up, because they started poking fun at him again. And it was really great, because, like, Brian and AJ sort of stood up, and they was, you know, had these little jibes back and forth. And Miz said, finally, this is getting interesting. Which was a really great line, because Miz feels that these two are boring. Mm. Because he, in Miz's character believes, to be the best in wrestling is to be an entertainer, is to be really good on the mic. He is a WWE product, whereas these two guys are not. They're Ring of Honor, they're, they're TNA, they're the indie product of, you know, you want to be the best at wrestling. So it creates this really nice dynamic. And then Miz just cuts this amazing promo where it's like, you didn't beat me at Super Showdown. Yeah. I had my shoulder up, so really I should be the number one contender. I went to Paige, but you're such a charity case that she wouldn't even let me have a rematch. Lovely little line. And then he points at AJ Styles and he says, you've made the most prestigious championship in this company irrelevant. You, I was like, you want to know why you have, like, the WWE Championship has not main evented a pay-per-view for months? you just got to look in the mirror. I was, it was great, great stuff. I, yeah. I, I thought Miz was tremendous here. Because Miz, like, hits, he's really good, just like Brian, of hitting those notes of truth, too. So when he says, like, I beat you at SummerSlam, I beat you at Hell in a Cell, like, you only beat me with a, and then the one time you do beat me is with a small package. With a fluke roll-up. Yeah, like, what, what a rubbish victory that is. And now you're the one fighting. That should be my title shot. And then you've got Brian also saying that I loved it when he said I did it. Like, my dream wasn't to reunite Team Hell No or go after this guy. Because you're like, that's what we've been saying. Yep. So, yeah, it's really, really, really good. The, the only slight criticism I have is that. Where he comes negative yeah, Nelly yeah. over here. It's just that. Always got something negative to say. Well, it's just like, I keep coming back to it. The Miz and Brian is one of these all-time, should be one of these all-time classic blood feuds. And here they are sitting sitting next to each other, not even separated in the ring, just doing light joshing. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, that's... Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. There was, um, and then Miz says that he's next in line for the WWE Championship. Whoever wins at Crown Jewel, he's, already, he's naming himself as the new number one contender. Um, and he says he brings out he brings out Shelton Benjamin for a match with AJ Styles, which was it was a fine match, but really it was a backdrop to oh, yeah. Miz and Brian on commentary. Like the match may as well not have been happening in the ring, um, but there was a really great bit on commentary where Miz says, "Look at him down the end there. He won with a fluky roll up," and Brian just goes, "Actually, it was a small package." <laughs> if you were, if you knew wrestling moves, you'd know what that was. Yeah, it was it was hard to like. Benjamin and AJ was fine. Uh, you know, it should, that should be better, really, when you look at it on paper. Yeah. But Brian and Miz were so good yeah. on the commentary desk. And you've got, and it, you had Miz sat next to Corey Graves, and Corey Graves talking about how awesome the Miz is. Like, I, I completely agree with you. You did get your shoulder up. That was a great interview segment you just did then. You are must see. Mm. And then you had Byron Saxon on the other end going, like, Daniel Bryan's the best. I think he's brilliant. Blah, 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 blah. And so it was, you had this really nice dichotomy of these two arguing with the babyface and heel commentator adding fuel to that fire. And then Todd Phillips in the middle, you know, saying whatever it is that he says. Still saying the name of Crown Jewels <laughs> Global. Uh, World yeah, Cup well, thing. And, and then going, SmackDown rolls on, which is yeah. his other classic. That used to be a Jerry Lawlerism. <laughs> Raw rolls on! I used to, ah, just every time. It makes the makes my teeth clench. But there was a nice spot there where AJ went to do a springboard and Shelton ran up and kneed him like right in the face, which was a really good spot. Uh, but in the end, AJ won with the phenomenal forearm. 
Um, uh, yeah, I've yeah. written, oh yeah, I forgot there was a match going on <laughs> with all the commentary. Yeah, there was a nice line from uh, Corey where he says, um, don't worry, Miz, I've heard that two minutes is above the national average. <laughs> Great line, Corey. And then we got the Aiden English and Rusev Day stuff. Well, we got a video package for the Big Show oh, first. Oh, did we? Because Big I, Show's I stopped coming. writing down all the video packages. There were a lot. Yeah, we got but a that's bit, not a bad thing. Not a bad I thing. I did enjoy them. Yeah, and again, this kind of put him over as like he's the best giant in the business, the only man to win the WCW, ECW, and WWE championships. I thought, was, you know, some good, that's a good line. You know, mm. and it, good, it puts over the Big Show. And really, like, these video packages are meant to make you go, man, I can't wait to see these two collide in the ring later on. When they played that video package, I had let the big show go because, you know, it seemed like he, his career was over last yeah. November when he had the, I believe it was a hip surgery. It was some kind of surgery. And it, it, it seemed hip. like he was winding down. Yeah. He wasn't ne- going to get the match with Shaq. Next year marks the 20th anniversary of Big Show joining the WWF yeah. or WWE. And he made his debut in like 95, you know, when he was the giant. So we've had a long run of Paul White. We've had a long run of the Big Show. So like you, I think I was ready to, mm. I'm le- ready to let him go. But seeing the video package and the main event, I was just like, Good grief, I love this guy. Like, I feel the absence is really... Well, you know, it was... I don't care about the match. Like, sometimes... This was sports entertainment, and you don't need a good wrestling match for it. You just need someone who's really physically impressive. And Big Show's that kind of guy who's great on the mic. He's so physically impressive, like, uh, just in stature, that... If just use him right. You could... there's, There's a way to use him to get over younger guys now and not exploit how slow he is in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I thought it was good. And then we got the Aiden English stuff, and then we got Rey Mysterio as a hype package. Yep, another all-time great from Todd Phillips. He'll be facing Nakamura next week for the Crown Jewel World Cup spot. To determine who's the best in the world. So Nakamura's losing oh, that. 100%. He, yeah, there's no way that Ray's coming back, losing his first match. Con- considering that, they're trying to make this feel as much like 2005 as possible. Reg is definitely winning this. That's crazy. Like, Nakamura, he wins the United States title at SummerSlam. He's done nothing. Uh, that was... Was it there or was it surely before? I think it was SummerSlam. Okay. Oh, it might have been before. I can't even. That's the point. I can't I even think remember. He was defending his title. At that SummerSlam. might be right. Yeah. But yeah, he's done nothing. Absolutely. He was nothing. always a backdrop to Hardy and Orton. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a real waste of Nakamura. It's not like he wasn't good. He was fantastic. He was one of the best acts on SmackDown. Yep. But I just go, it's not like a Ty Dillinger where they never had any plans for him. They made him the United States champion. <laughs> And he's, I mean, he hasn't had a feud since winning that belt. And now he's had that belt now for months. And they've done absolutely now with him. Like, what was the point in giving him the belt? Yeah. What was the point? They did. They obviously, they might have had a plan and it was dropped. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, real waste of Nakamura. Real and waste. It really looks like he's losing next week, going by the tone they're setting for this, this match. Uh, so, yeah. And then we got the main event of Randy Orton versus The Big Show. God, this was a boring match. I only went five, six minutes. Here's the thing. Okay, here's why I find this match sort of, not find it so offensive, why I find it really boring is it was the main event of this show. If Mm. this had been the opener, fine. If you'd have ended this show with the Becky Charlottes, like the half hour, and you did that big closing angle at the end of the show... I think I'd have been so much higher on this show than I than I was in the review, which I, I gave you know three out of five. I thought it was a perfectly fine show, it was an average show. 
But this felt like such a damp ending, mm. a really, really damp ending to the to what had been a, a perfectly fine show. Like these two just went in there, had the most basic of basic matches. Like it was less than house show levels of basic. And Randy ju- and Randy won, and they were like, and that's SmackDown for this week. Yeah, play me off. And I was like, cool. Like I was, exp- I was waiting for something to happen. Yeah, and, and, especially and, when Evolution is the next, really the next pay per view. Yeah, you could have Charlotte and Becky Lynch as the main. And event. yeah, that big closing angle. You'd have had this big closing angle, yeah. like destroying the set and things like that. That'd have been, that'd have been brilliant. I did like the fact before. Sorry, before you say, before everyone comments, you go like, "Well, Charlotte had to have the match at Mixed Match Challenge." Then don't have her have that match <laughs> yeah, this week. Yeah. Then just move that match to next week. I did like the fact that the LED screen was broken through the rest of the episode. But that's the only positive I can see. You know, adds yeah. to that chaotic atmosphere. So I enjoyed seeing Big Show back. I like him. Uh, he's good in a limited role. It's just like not when he's pushed as this main eventer going for the title like Kane was when he came back. So what what happened to me is maybe this is why I found so much fun in the match and I liked it. It's because I started thinking about something that could happen. Oh, yeah. And I was just, I was watching them. Is this I, like when we went to go watch Star Trek Into Darkness and you quite, you said on our podcast review, I didn't like the film, but then I started to enjoy it because I was making up a much better film in my head. Yeah. So is that what's happened here? This was a really boring match, but you made a really more, in, you made a much more interesting match in your head. Yeah, yeah. So now on your podcast review, you're like, it's actually really good. Well, yeah, <laughs> you make your own fun sometimes. <laughs> And so, what? RK Show. You want to sort of add to the Big Show lineage of like teaming with guys and then, you know, Jerry Show, but Show Miz. Here's, here's my story, right? So, earlier God, in you the. You did go into this, didn't you? Uh, earlier in the night, you have Big Show sort of talking to Ty Dillinger. I'm going to get him back for you, <laughs> Randy Orton. Finally, a decent yeah. impression for I'm going to get Randy <laughs> Orton for you, Ty. And then maybe some other people like Jeff Hardy. So, so a few. People like Ty Dillinger, like Our Truth, others like that, the, the other, yeah. lower mid to undercard, they come down in Big Show's corner because Randy Orton's just been like, you know, beating them all up. And Randy and Big Show have this uh, sort of stare off for a while. And then Big Show attacks all oh, the youngsters. Yeah. And you have like like what Progress had in this grizzled vets. Yeah, young grizzled uh, veterans. This faction. Grizzled young veterans. Yeah. And. Yeah, you, you just have Randy Orton and Big Show. Like, Big Show doesn't have to... That's a perfect use of Big Show at this stage in his career. A monster heel muscle who doesn't have to wrestle any matches. He just has to beat people up on the outside or backstage. It's just your heater. Yeah. So, but yeah, the arcade show. <laughs> <laughs> Bitter Legends faction. Yeah. Killing all the other legends and the young up-and-comers. But that really goes against what the point of this show was, which is just like, let's make it feel as old as we possibly can. Well, I'm just trying to figure out why they put it in the main event. <laughs> because I don't... I, well, that's it. I, if this had opened the show, I think I'd have had a different opinion on SmackDown, but to main event, it was a real wet mm. fart of an ending. There was a you-still-got-it chant for Big Show. Yeah. He's got height. Uh, Orton <laughs> kicks out of a choke slam, which I thought was a good near fall. I enjoyed the Big Show... Getting DDT'd off the top rope, actually. That draping DDT that Randy hits. Uh, Show reverses. Orton set up the punt at one point. Show turned it into a really weak spear. Uh, But the finish comes when Orton thumbs Big Show in the eye, which the ref couldn't see, and hits, like, a Tamatonga-level RKO, RKO, where he gets a little pop of air off the initial jump when he touches Well, he's got to. He's so tall. 
He's got to get yeah. that extra little like he's got to double jump it. So I thought that was that was a great RKO, and interestingly, yeah. the first RKO since Randy's returned. Now you can look at this two ways. You can say, oh, Big Show really took Randy to his limit. He showed that bully what's what. Uh, so Randy had to bring out the RKO. I don't buy that. I think this was a directive from above saying, yeah, you need to play the hits for the Saudi Arabia tour. Yeah. So, And I think I think the Crown Prince is going to watch this episode because it's got the the crown jewel qualifying the matches world, the world cup yeah which is why we to need determine to determine the best in the world yeah which is why we need to put you in the main event and why big shows here yeah hi how's it going paul Hi. I'm gonna have a good match tonight. Yeah, uh, guys, I know you're really sick and tired of playing into Sandman, mm. but the crown, the crown prince is coming here. So if you could just play that one, maybe even a couple of times, that'd be really mm. nice. That would be a Metallica reference. It would be a Metallica. I don't think you you introduced the Metallica reference. I was confused about what you were saying <laughs> for a moment there. I was like, ECW. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I would agree with you on the solid rating. Uh, but just yet yeah, a simple switch of that opening match to the main event could have turned this into uh, slightly higher, just on how yeah. you leave them, folks. I'm a little bit, yeah, I mean, SmackDown 1000's going to be a fun nostalgia show next week. It doesn't so. feel like it's going to be on continuity. Oh, no, it totally won't I think be, it's yeah. going to be a Raw 25 oh, celebration. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely, that's exactly what it's going to be. I'd, I'd imagine, you know how we said, oh, I wonder how Randy's going to be with Evolution. It'll probably be like Randy Orton was in 2003 when he first joined Evolution, and they'll just pretend that none of this has really happened. Get the quiff back. Yeah, because... Maybe that's why he's been growing his hair out. <laughs> because, uh, you like know, us. none of this really matters. Um, so... It'll be a it'll be a fun nostalgia show next week. I, I, you know, although I said that about Raw twenty five, now ended up being a bit pants. But it's a two hour show, which means it's more condensed. It's going to be a busy old two hour show because they've got a lot of names to get on there. Uh, but I'm, I mean, I'm slightly concerned for SmackDown. You know, if only because if we are going to be in this sort of period now where we've got to build to Crown Jewel and appease one person who's got all the money. And we have to put on shows like this, which is just like, hey, you remember all those guys from 13 years ago who are now maining events in the show and all that other stuff. The stuff that these guys who are actually going to be sort of like carrying this company for the next couple of years, ignore them. They don't matter. But because really it's the guys from years ago that are the ones you want to focus on. And that evolution thing, we'll do that right at the start. Then you can forget about it. And then we'll focus on all these old guys from 13 years ago. So I... <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, uh, but it's more depressing than that because the future of the company that WWE is built, that WWE is ignoring, are actually all from 13 years ago too. It's oh, actually very true. AJ, yeah. Joe, AJ, Brian, yeah, like these yeah, guys right. are not young 20 year olds but they're least, all in nxt at least they feel new in wwe well, yeah though. but in terms of like actually carrying yep, the company they, they right. physically won't be able to in a couple of years yep, you're absolutely they're, right aj's 42 going on 43 i think he, he wants to retire soon he said yeah he's got another couple of years in him is what he's, yeah. he's saying yeah so you're absolutely right oh isn't that depressing and sobering to end on i'm gonna kick off with some poetry corner. Lovely. Uh, you may remember this one. This is from Nikki the Posty, uh, who sent us a poem about belt. Remember, this was a part one. Oh yeah, two. that was a long one. And yeah, you were still you, good. You were a little concerned that uh, they might do the whole history of the belt, but fortunately <laughs> enough, they ended at a point and have split it into two parts. Uh, so we join the uh, the poem. Um, 
with the heartbreak hits, we're at Shawn Michaels uh, around this I point. Mean, it's here. still a long way to go. I'm just looking at who the next thing is. Uh, actually, no, even then, this only really takes us to 2001, I okay, would say. Okay, that's not too bad. So, in decades. Yeah. Roughly. Roughly. So after a little while, I just wanted rid. As I found out, they called him the Heartbreak Kid. He abused me, he used me, he treated me like dirt. I needed a new man, so with Stunning Steve, I would flirt. Back and forth we went, and one thing led to another. Then, on the grandest stage of all, we became lovers. His scary friend Tyson helped us on the same page. Then me and Steve went on to take center stage. I did have one night of regret with a big red freak, but me and Steve were stronger than ever by the end of the week. Then chaos ensued. I was alone and in shock. Before I knew what had happened, I was back with The Rock. He was handsome, so cool, like no one I'd ever seen. Although I still loved Austin, I was living the dream. We were riding so high I thought it would never end, but then I ended up sleeping with his fat crazy friend. For months I bounced back from <laughs> forth from Rock to Mick. I bounced so much between them it made me feel sick. I couldn't have them both so I decided to leave. Before I knew what had hit me, I was back in the arms of Steve. We were perfect for each other and everything seemed to click until one until I spoilt it by <clears throat> until I spoilt it by again sleeping with Taker and old Saint Mick. Steve did forgive me and did welcome me back. Then I was ambushed by Hunter with a relentless attack. He did this for years and always against my will. Over the next two decades, I would get more than my fill. <laughs> he was paranoid, possessive, and held me way too tight. Then I found a point, and then I had pointless flings with Mr. McMahon and Mr. White. Uh. Anything to get away. And how I feel, I felt once more. Then I was saved as Rocky kicked in my bedroom door. It was fun for, fun while it lasted, but it didn't take long, especially when my head was cr turned by sexy Olympic gold. Although it was unexpected, it definitely didn't feel wrong. It was great while it lasted, although it wasn't long. I went with Rock, then Steve, then straight back to Kurt. I wasn't anyway... I wasn't with anyone too long, so I could never get hurt. I was no one's exclusively. This seemed to be the way. I was cheap. I was easy. Until I became undisputed with Y2J. We got on, but it was never like it was with the greats. So I just went back to my old flames on a lot of random dates. <laughs> from Hunter to Hulk. From Rocky to even Taker. I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel these in my heart. I couldn't be a faker. These were all legends. They were all great in the ring. But I needed something different. I needed the next big thing. Oh, that's good. And they've, and they've ended here saying, like, man, there were a lot of title changes in four years. I was going to say, <laughs> like, when you when you said that, that sort of stretch of time, I thought, oh, that's a shorter stretch of time than since the, the three decades that covered in the first one. But then I thought, no, wait, it was the Attitude Era. <laughs> like, they just hot potatoed that thing around. Bro, it doesn't matter who's the champ who has the belt. Just change it and they will watch. It's interesting to look at the Attitude Era through a personified championship belt's eyes. Mm -hmm. Because, that, you know, quite fitting for the Attitude Era. Mm. It got around. It did, it did get around. It, it, got, it got close to a lot of penises. <laughs> we, we've had some terrific um, poetry corner submissions on this show, but I'm, I think Belt is my current favourite. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've, although I obviously really love all the heartfelt ones that we've had that have like, been really nice and serious. But there's something quite fun and jovial, and it's fun to read. Mm. Yeah, this one's good. It's and, and because it's coming in stages, it makes it feel very epic. It doesn't like the Iliad, or Homer's <laughs> Odyssey. Uh, you ever seen the film uh, The Boy Next Door, the erotic thriller with Jennifer? Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. No, I haven't. But it comes up too much, way too much in conversation with it's you. Because it's a terrific film. 
<laughs> there is a moment, I think I've told you this before, where the boy next door buys her an original copy of the Iliad as like a gift. And she's like, oh my God, it's an original pressing. And I'm like, mate, no, it's not. Absolutely no, it's not. What are you talking about? That's a Blumhouse movie, isn't it? Uh, oh, is it Blumhouse? I swear, it might because be. I listened to a really interesting podcast about Jason Blum. And One of the greatest producers in the world. Yeah, and he a fascinating man. You and I like worshipped the ground he walked on for a, a little while on our movie yeah, podcast. Yeah, still do. And yeah, that was one of the like that was he sort of branched out into something else rather than horror. Although there are horror elements to it, mm. and yet it was like it was really designed by to to have to to appeal to that specific demographic yeah. in the audience, which. Turns out it includes you. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. Uh, this comes in from uh, David Hendricks. Is God McKenzie one of our best pledge hammers? I don't want to say best, obviously, because that makes it sound like we rank them. He's in which, the conversation. Which, of course, though. we don't. We sort of do. Uh, hello, lad. You'll like this. So my creator wrestler on WrestleMania 2000 was quite embarrassing as me and my friends would meet up most days after school to play it. Hey, man, there's nothing embarrassing about that. We all did it. We had a create a wrestler, and mine was a technical guy decked out in black robes and a hood. I called him the Grim Reaper, or so I thought. Being dyslexic, the technical guy. <laughs> but being oh, dyslexic, no. but being dyslexic, the actual name was the Grim. I can see we, you can see where this is going. It's uh, a spelling mistake. We can a, read yeah, it out. The Grim Reaper, <laughs> which is entirely a different thing. That's also from um, the, <laughs> the Brian and Vinny show. My granny said that. The Grim Reaper. Uh. Uh, which is entirely a different thing. Being that I was quite good at the game, always champion and a bad winner, my friends didn't uh, tell me, and it took me at least <laughs> six months to work out my spelling mistake. Uh, how would, would you also like some bad jokes? Yes. Have people sent them in? Well, this is the same email. This is uh, David uh, McKenzie. Uh, so we'll actually use this to wrap up this episode. Okay. They're all based around cheese. So see if, right. you, can, see if you can guess the punchlines. I mean, why? What do has, you mean? has anything happened in wrestling recently that's cheese related? No, it's just cheese jokes are always great. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, wait a second. Was that a pun? Oh, great. Yes. It, wow. We're making them even. It, it totally, well, that was totally on purpose. Uh, how do the Welsh handle their cheese? Carefully. Carefully. What does a cheese say when it looks in the mirror? Hello, me. Ha hello, me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't want to laugh. <laughs> what kind what kind of cheese can you hide a horse in? Oh, I know this one. Do you want to get what is it? Mascarpone. Mascarpone. What cheese do you use to tempt a bear out of the woods? Come, come on, bear. Come on, bear. Uh, and last one. What kind of music does cheese like? R and Brie. <laughs> R and Brie. Like the cheese. Like the Bella. Like the Bella, exactly. Uh, so thank you very much, David. I very much enjoyed every single one of those jokes. I thought they were all tremendous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But that is all we've got time for. Uh, myself and Fakedor will be back tomorrow with more of your emails, your Rusev days, your Agony Arts requests, and your bad jokes if you've got to send them across. I know that Fakedor loves a bad joke, because we're going to be doing the NXT review that I mentioned earlier. But thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good day. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.